0: We are Sire back at another episode of the Conan. podcast uh, where we recommended movies to each other. Our criteria was it's objectively good, like critically good, I think, and it's animated. Um, I recommended the best, the highest, the, not the highest rated ever superhero movie of all time Batman Under the Red Hood, starring uh, Bruce Greenwood and Jensen Ackles and Neil Patrick Harris. As Nightwing. Nightwing. Nightwing.
1: Oh. Um, uh, Kai? Yep. I recommended Paprika by the late and great Satoshi Kon.
2: Uh, and I recommended Your Name, which, I mean, I don't know if everybody listening has heard of Paprika, but I'm pretty sure everybody's heard of Your Name uh, by Makoto Shinkai. Um... Which I think uh, was it J.J. Abrams or somebody has the has the rights to and is working on a live ad action adaptation.
0: <laughs> um. I actually spent a good amount of time after the movie, like looking into like I just was just about to start quick watching quick Role last night and I was like, nope, I'm going to watch your name first. And I was so happy I did because I really liked it. I wasn't ex- I wasn't maybe like the first five minutes. I was like, wow, a musical intro in a film. This is interesting. The Mal- music.
2: <laughs> The music in Your Name is one of my f- favorite parts. But it was um, I, listen sound- I listen to the soundtrack on Spotify every once in a while. It's something I go back to. The music is like, honestly, it's, it's almost like another character in, in the movie. I mm-hmm. would say that's how important it is uh, to the story that they're telling. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I first saw it a couple of years ago at like, um, at a, at a meeting of, an, of the anime club at, at, at school and um man I, I didn't know anything about it but after i was like blown away
0: so i guess we'll start with your name um i actually did a lot of research on it on the movie it turns out because one of my big gripes with it um was that it was sort of shortly after the first musical interlude uh where i asked how the hell is this going to work when it's remade with with american actors yeah and Said it's going to be done. The, uh, the Mitsuha character is going to be t- sort of, and to sort of make uh, make up for the sort of the the animism and the Japanese spirituality, the Mitsuha mm-hmm. character is going to be Native American. Yep, in the American remake, the uh,
2: yeah. American or live action remake. So, and I think the guy's going to be somebody from Chicago or something, or at least that's the claim. I, I don't.
0: I know next to nothing about Native American like uh, animism and culture. I should. Mm-hmm. I'm Canadian. We're living on stolen land, but. I don't, but it is, it is JJ Abrams' production company that's doing it. it. Yeah, he's yeah. he's not. He I think he's got he's got him, he doesn't even have an EP credit though. Oh, okay, so it's just production company then. Yeah, okay. like they optioned it. Um, here's my notes. Okay, I'm going to start. We'll, we'll start with New earning. Here's my notes, and we'll go off these. It's the best Japanese style anime movie I've seen
1: since Spirit Away. That's a big deal, right?
0: Uh, I've seen plenty of Miyazaki movies, um, but it's probably better than almost all of them in my opinion <laughs> yeah, um,
1: I, I agree with that
0: yeah a little pervy a little little little, little
1: pervy the premise kind of leaves it open and would i think people would just uh, i think people would actually have been like what they didn't go for that joke like how could they not have done that yeah. i totally would have done that if- much,
0: it makes perfect sense that they would do that like every yeah. every body switching trope in movie has like the guy grabbing the girl's boobs and, and it's, how there's do I yeah there's no harm being done you know it's not like she's pretending to be the guy pretending to be who's stuck in her body like in when they're acting um the animation of like
1: which is the premise
0: of the movie animation, yes, the animation of breasts jiggling when she's like throwing a basket a little unnecessary but it's still enjoyable he probably forgot to put a bra on that's really what happened um Uh, I did think it was very nice how they, they, the metaphor between like weaving and like timing connection, like to the time stream and things like that. I thought that was very pleasant. Um, And then uh, I wrote on my notes, I said, What? Exclamation point, exclamation point. What a twist. (laughs) Um, That was quite the twist. I wasn't like sad because when we talked about, when we selected these movies, like Kai said, I don't want to cry again when I watch your name. And I was like, Why are you going to cry? And I was like, Oh, wow. I can see if you got like, Really emotionally invested, like I was invested, but like I could see why you would cry, and it was—I teared up at the very end, but not not so much during the movie. Um, the plot is somewhat reliant on an understanding of Japanese spirituality. It's not bad. It's just an observation of mine, yeah. maybe. But like by the end, it sort of had made up for all of its downfalls. After I wrote this, and then it is—I thought it was a really a strength because it's too rare that in a love story the girl dies. It's too rare, and it's a, and I like it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, like think of like um, some more recent like love stories that were really well received. I can think of like Me Before You, that movie with Sam, that movie or book turned movie with Sam Claflin and Amelia Clark. Um, you know, plenty of movies where the guy is serving in some war, right? The guy always dies, right? Or they think he's dead and then, you know, he ends up not being right. dead. It's already found love with someone else and whatever, right? Yeah, I, I kind of honestly, if the movie had not ended there, but if it had ended with, like the resolution being, she's still dead and he has to move on. I thought that would have been cool. But the actual, the ending to Your Name, we're getting into heavy spoiler territory, obviously. And the fact that they find each other and then they the first, they ask the same question, like what's your name at the exact same time, explain the <sighs> title of the movie. It's great, it's great. Honestly- I'm getting goosebumps right now, I'm, just thinking about like, it. I'm getting no, goosebumps like, no, all all cap, no cap, like that's the perfect date movie. It's one of the best date movies I can think of. It's
1: up there with like Love Actually. Date movie with somebody you're already in a relationship with, not like a first date movie. No, yeah, it's a it's a it, it's a good
0: movie. It's a it's a romantic movie. It's a it's a love story. Yep. And I was so based I, on a novel. Uh yeah, based on an, a a light manga, is it not? Um, I think you might have written the the light novel after the movie. I
2: don't know, but it, it's one of those that like the only thing that I yes, the ending is good. I would have kind of liked to see them embrace or kiss at the end. But, you know, I, 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 like you said, them asking each other, you know, what's your name, you know, relating to
0: the title of the movie. So like, I think that sort of unrequited love is, is kind of cool. Like, the, or the, that um, that moment of unrequited love when she found him and she gave him the fucking, the the, the hair tie, whatever it's called. Yeah. I thought that was perfect. You know, I love me some unrequited love. Who doesn't? Who? who what English major doesn't? Um, Yeah, I thought it was a great That's movie.
1: why i hurt heard so much watching it. I I think that's what, that's what it was. That's why I cried like a little, uh, like a little bitch. And I'm not even ashamed. I'm not even ashamed or, or sad. Like, I'm not even saying that as a negative thing. It's just like that, that level of, um, that portrayal of that emotional arc felt so real and so convincing. And it takes the viewer into it almost through a first person lens, uh, at certain times, or, the experiences presented, the emotions presented are so universal that the viewer will be able to connect with it at some point, um, guaranteed almost. And I think that that's what resonated so much with me. And that's why I still feel it's one of the most powerful animations I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, I would I
2: would second that. Like, I, I, I feel a very strong connection to the movie. Um, the way the story plays out between the two characters, I mean, it just... You know, the idea of, of of finding that kind, you know, that person who like, mm-hmm. you know, essentially is kind of like your other half, like, they, like it's fate, they belong together. It's, it's, it's destiny. I mean, it's, I, I don't know, it's just a beautiful story. And I don't know, just, just kind of, you know, taps into my own feelings or my my own views on like romance and that kind of stuff. And like the ideal, I don't know, your your ideal hope that there's somebody like that out there um i and and going back to what i originally said about the music the scene where she's running like after after the you know they meet at at twilight and she's running to try and you know save the village and they've got that song playing in in the background um i think that was the moment where i was
1: just like wow this this really is just an an amazing uh movie um it's good you mentioned backgrounds matt because i wanted to say that i felt that the settings were also um are were so evocative and almost presented. I mean, it's not just atmosphere, but they were almost characters in and of themselves. Everything is a character in it. L- like I said, the music, the the
2: setting. I mean, everything feels very alive. Um, mm-hmm. And and you don't. I think uh, 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 you know. There's a lot of these kind of you know animes out anime out there. You know that that have a romantic subplot, but they're may it's mainly all played for laughs, or just done very 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 seriously, very honestly. And I, I don't know, re- I was really able to feel something for you know this story and get invested in this story in a way that I, I'm not for with, with a lot of other anime, even if they may have kind of like um, you know even, even okay. if they are kind of romance that kind of thing. This has just felt very real, even though of course like it's a very fantastic plot
1: but 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 the the emotions that the characters are going through feel very real uh well to piggyback off that i have a question for sam um how do you feel that you got this sort of story out of an animated film rather than because they could have just as easily turned this into a live action but how does it feel as a viewer to to see this in an animated setting as opposed to a live action setting and do you think that the story gained something or lost something because of that I think one thing you can give anime for sure
0: for certain is that it is an artist's medium. And I by artist I mean the visual artist, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the comet, the sky, the way that the the city was drawn at night and during the day. Uh the animation scene where she's doing the uh like the dance and then she chews up the rice and create to make the sake the sake in the the in probably like the first half hour of the movie. Yeah, yep, yep, that was yep. a beautiful, beautiful scene. And I think sort of I did like sort of how that they did show through the visuals sort of the um even to this day how there is that it is almost like a night and day difference between like the rural and the urban in japan I you do get that sense and i like that a lot um i don't i can't really say something about it if it was live action because i probably only watched it because it was anime. Right. If we had mm-hmm. said like everyone mm-hmm. recommend a great movie, I wouldn't. It, I it, I doubt it would ever it would even even have passed into like Matt's frame. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like yeah. I like, never watched Love Actually. Yeah. I don't really
2: care for these live action a, a lot of these live action um, you know romantic movies.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. By it being in that very visual medium, a medium that is, you know. The anime is ultimately not is defined by the fact that it's like it has much fewer frames, which allows you to focus more on the backgrounds, and then you can spend some a lot of time like focusing in on like you know the character right, or the people who are moving the action right. Um My thing is, it's I think a lot of its beauty comes from being able to sort of show certain things like you can you can show uh an orc cleaving a guy's head off and then it explodes into like an electrical blast in animation for like a a fraction of a percent of the work needed Mm -hmm. to make that same effect live action right with all the vfx and special effects required a lot of the scenes especially in like those more surrealist moments where like uh taki yeah taki is like is like uh he's in that sort of dream state where he's trying to contact her. Uh, it was, it was good. And I think it would, if it was in live action, it would have just looked like a white void and it would have just, it would have kind of taken me out of the movie. It sort of made it seem more like that dream state, that sort of um, space. It's actually surprisingly similar in that way to like, um, uh, uh, to Paprika with like dreaming, passing into live action. It's mm-hmm. a real life, but I don't know i i don't think it would have lost anything if it was live action but i think it would have it wouldn't have had the same resonance because it's easier for you to sell an animated movie i've long said though i'm not surprised that you could make something so emotionally emotionally resonant and romantic on top Mm -hmm. of animation you know like i've been a big prone to you know animation is the the greatest medium in the history of, of
1: uh fiction and like art It is the coming together of a lot of different mediums,
0: right? Like you have, you have writing and acting and like design and storyboarding, just like in live action. And then you can sort of go an extra mile with your creativity because you're not, you're not bound by like physics and the processing power of your computer for the processing of virtual effects and Superman special effects. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great movie. I will probably watch it again. Not, I don't know if I'd watch it again anytime soon, but I'd watch it again for sure. Like it's a great movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I've, I've seen it a few times and I mean, kind of like, you know, what I, what I said before is I I don't really care for a lot of live action romances. I find a lot of the, 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 the animes that have these kind of romantic plots to be also kind of stupid, but this kind of just, I don't know. It's just, it's just so well done. Um, and, and such a beautiful story. Um, I think the music music adds a lot to it. I keep going back to the music, but, but I don't know if it would actually, uh, if I would have found it as powerful, if,
1: if the music had been different, I think that was, that, that was also key because it really brought me into it as well. I, th- I think that's the, I think it's the conciseness of, I think that's one of the things that anime lets you do or animated movies force you to do is there's not a lot of, um, you don't want to produce so much that you have to edit out a lot. So the, Story was so tight because of that, I think, and I think there's not a lot of waste that happens in animation as a that that may happen in live action, because you you don't you you have those restrictions because you have to animate things. So I think that might be a, a, one of the reasons why the story did as well as it did in that medium.
0: I think with like it's actually it's of a it's of a like sort of an appropriate length for a lot of like for a romantic film for a romance. You know maybe a hundred ish minutes you know i think i think like sort of on the the technical side like the animation side of it i think the reason i like it is a lot of the part of the reason it's probably the best one of the best singularly romantic movies movies i've ever seen in the same way that like the castlevania show the castlevania anime on netflix is probably one of the best like vampire things i've seen right because you're you're really and they're suit they're two drastic they're drastically different like shows in terms of content but in both cases you're able to really rely on the visuals but also you don't get bogged down by relying on them because it's pace for pace the same as when we're trundling along in uh uh you know in a carriage ride or something uh, i thought it was really sort of uh if you like if, if you're trying to get someone to watch anime you don't point them towards a naruto or attack on titan or even like spirited or you point them towards this or spirited away yeah let's okay. do that I that's that is if I was ever to make an argument again about how anime definitely becomes mainstream, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and 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 the fact that Hollywood was so quick to say we want to adapt us, I think is a sign of, um, yeah, you know, the, the 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 power of its story. Um, before we go on, I want to say that, uh, uh, another one of Makoto Shinkai's films that I've mentioned before, Weathering with You, I don't think it's quite as good, but that's also something that our listeners should uh check out too that he that was his most recent one it debuted i think it well it, it was shown at tiff
0: uh, in 2019 i think wow um i didn't watch paprika I, I read a review i read a couple of reviews i watched a couple of reviews on youtube i um i tried to get through it like prior to those things i think i got like 10 or 15 minutes in it was a little surrealist for me the animation it's style
1: completely reminded, surrealist
0: the animation style reminded me a lot of um uh of uh, spirited away just sort of the way the characters move across the screen mm-hmm. tapes in the backgrounds but it, it, i don't know it was just too surrealist i i'm not a huge fan of surrealist stuff to be completely fair to be completely frank um i just i couldn't get through it and i i i ultimately i don't know maybe i'll lose something if i don't maybe i should try to get through it at some point um i know it's a good movie i trust kai's opinion yeah discuss
2: i will agree uh, it, it 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 was a little bit of a difficult watch. I had to watch it in two sittings. I had to kind of split it up. The, really? um, yes, I had, to, I had to, I had to stop it for a bit and then come back to it. The parade of the, like the fridge and all that kind of stuff drove me nuts. I felt like I was like, <laughs> I myself was like having a nightmare or something. Uh, it, it kept reoccurring and it's like, oh my God, this is so weird. Um, but I did, you know, having got, you know, having pushed through to the end it, it is it is a very good movie and i think it, it is something that, that especially anime fans should check out but even if you're not an anime fan this is probably another one that you might give somebody who's kind of new to anime but it would be it's not not the same kind of people necessarily that we would give your name to your name you could give to anybody and i Pretty think anybody much, yeah. would appreciate it
1: um you know th- this is this is definitely a sci-fi thriller yes uh, and so and i mean that's uh, and I think that's Satoshi Khan's thing, is the surrealist thrillers. Because he does that in Perfect Blue. He does that in a bit in, um what's that other show we were talking about? Psycho? Paranoia. Sato- Agent. And Paranoia. Agent, was, I was saying when I was watching um, Paprika,
2: I was thinking, dude, this kind of feels a bit like Paranoia Agent. And then I'm like, wait a minute, was that a Satoshi Khan show? And then sure enough, I looked it up on Wikipedia, and it was. Yeah. Um, But but yeah, uh, the 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 art style I I really enjoyed. I thought. Now I know Kai is really only like on episode four or five of Evangelion, so I don't want to get too much into the instrumentality projects and everything. But but the I bam,
0: like episode. I think I'm like happy to episode four. I'm trying. I'm trying. Trying.
2: Once the instrumentality project. Um,
0: Wrong with this one. That's all I'll
2: say. Um. But but the the chairman's goal of kind of like creating this this communal dream that everybody's a part of because it like will help him like achieve his goal of like being complete or in his words complete um and i, I guess part of that involved him being able to walk again and everything seemed very much like not very much but it, it gave me the same kind of feeling as gendo's plan of instrumentality and the merging of souls so that he can mm. see Lui again and so that also people can be complete as well because there's a Piece missing from everybody because of like the sense of the individual and everything um so i i did get kind of like a a, a bit of an evangelion kind of vibe in in that respect which is not surprising yeah. because there are surrealist elements especially when you get later into evangelion <laughs> okay. a lot of introspective uh elements in evangelion um i also really like when paprika transforms into the monkey king from Journey to the West, or Son Goku, as it's as I believe the kanji <laughs> are read in Japanese, and of course that's the name of the character based on on, on the Monkey King in in Dragon Ball. Um, I thought that was really cool as well. Yeah, the little homages to films, um, because of course the um, what what was his name the uh, the detective the detective I can't remember the character's yeah, because name because of his history with film and his passion for film. Of course, they incorporated that that as well. Um, so there, there, there were a lot of little things that, that that I liked like that. And I do feel like that I, I don't, there were times where I felt a little bit lost, of course, because it is dealing with that kind of idea of like a waking dream. Like you don't know if you're asleep or you're awake. Mm-hmm. Is, is it called a waking dream
1: or a, a lucid dream or something? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the, the whole movie really delves into the concept of how we perceive reality and what is reality and uh y- how how it affects the human mind and things like that i was so i was pleasantly surprised though that i wasn't left like completely
2: baffled by the ending like i was it was just like oh i guess things are kind of back to normal now they seem to be awake There's really resolution. Know, but there is resolution um which because i was just waiting for like okay i'm waiting for the end bit like like every time it turned out they weren't awake i was like yeah that that makes sense. I, mean, I was expecting that. <laughs> but yeah. at the end, I was not expecting it to be kind of a, a relatively clean ending for something that's supposed to have inspired Inception. So uh, I was
0: expecting to be far more confused. Is that true? Uh, yeah. Did yeah. Inspire Inception? Because it would because yeah. that would sort of explain why I don't mm-hmm. I love I think Inception's a great movie except for the last five minutes. People say I
2: think I think it's, it's thought people people are under the impression that at least maybe Inception was an homage you know parts of Inception were an homage to it or um, mm-hmm, absolutely it was some sort of inspiration. Again, I don't really know the ins and outs of it, but that that seems to be when I was looking
1: up a bit of information. Um, the, so Inception. Tashi Khan has influenced Hollywood uh, in in ways people don't even know.
0: You brought up the surrealism, man. Here's my question: This might get me invested enough to try to watch it. Yeah. Again. Well, a lot of times when movies I've watched Inception a couple times since it came out. Quite a few times, like more than just the standard three times that most people need to understand what's happening. Right. Uh, I've watched it, I watched it maybe like seven or eight months ago, and it's a good movie. Yes, it's well acted, cool action, cool good cast, great cast, in fact.
1: Although it looks, it looks cool. beautiful. It looks, looks yeah, beautiful. Yeah.
0: However, it does seem to somewhat rely on the surrealist set pieces to do the storytelling for them. Like, yes, show, don't tell, all that stuff. Exposition is a an, 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 uh, a creator's worst enemy, but still to an extent with Inception, the surrealist aspects of it, when they'd be in the dreams and like um, Elliot Page would sort of bring, or the thing would sort of begin to crane over Elliot Page and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's heads, because I can't remember their character's names, um, like the street would curl around what's the and it would just feel like a little like oh wow what's this cool thing to prove we're in a dream yeah. like in paprika do they sort of rely on that surrealism or is it just is the surrealism just sort of a um, a really cool necessary sort of genre after effect of the story itself being you know what the story is you know being
2: able to I mean- I'll answer it from my perspective of somebody who's only seen it once mm-hmm. and, and hasn't done, you know, too much thinking about it. And then we'll 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 get Kai's opinion. Um, I never really felt like it relied on it too much. It, it it clearly plays an important role, but I felt that was kind of necessary to to kind of for, 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 for the art that was being created. I guess because it was anime, it felt a lot more natural, like not something that was just being done for spectacle. It, it, it felt like it really, like like I don't really know how to how, how to explain it. It just felt like the natural progression of the movie that it that that that's the direction you would go, regardless of whether you were trying to um you, you know re- regardless of what the, the the specific details were of the story. It just felt like um a, a meaningful part of the movie, and I think it also kind of helped, at least to me, convey just how bizarre this dream was that was starting to kind of take over the minds of a larger and larger group of people. I don't really know Mm -hmm. if I would have walked away from this movie with that same kind of sense of, because it made me feel kind of uncomfortable, especially that parade. Uh, And so I don't think it was just done for the sake of doing it. I think it was, it was really necessary to kind of create that, the desired feeling in the viewer. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know,
1: maybe maybe Kai has some your uh, thoughts on I'll, it. Yeah, I'll piggyback off of some of that. And I'll say that the unease of surrealism in this movie is very intentional. Um, and I will say that because this was a book that... Uh, so yeah, the, the movie is based on a novel. It's definitely, so, yeah, you're right. So Khan's... I don't know if Khan did the script or not, but his visuals had to represent what he must have felt going through that novel and I will and and every detail like there are so many details in the parade scene um and it's just imagine a bunch of evil looking toys like toys that don't necessarily look evil but just because like creepy dolls yeah, just creepy dolls. That's a, that's a perfect example. Of yeah, it. they don't necessarily look like they weren't designed to look evil. They just look unsettling, and all these toys and and whatnot. And everything is there with a purpose. Everything was illustrated with a purpose. Every shot, every angle, every skew of uh, of an effect, a visual effect. Everything was done with purpose, and it was to. I really feel like it was to create that uh surrealist unease in in the viewership so if you go into it knowing that you're uh going to see a fantastical psychological thriller it will be a very uh rewarding and enjoyable watch i think yeah and i think that's out. knowing the genre
2: it felt it felt necessary um, whereas, um, you know, things in a lot of other films, and again, it's been a while since I've seen Inception, but I think you could make the case that certain things in Inception are, are, are done spectacle for spectacle. Um, but I never mm-hmm. really thought that, that anything in Paprika was just done for the sake of, Hey, this looks cool. No, I, I think it had a very a real in, in yeah. influence as part of the surrealist genre. Yeah.
0: I, now I want to, man, I want to find out, watch, watch it just so I can hear about this, learn about this fucking parade you keep talking about. <laughs> uh, I think like the whole spectacle for spectacle's sake is kind of a cool like or uh spect not it's not it's, the spectacle is there but it's not for its own sake is kind of a cool way to examine it because a lot of times when you watch any movie it doesn't have to be anime doesn't have to be animated um it does feel like the movie is made um, or the thing choices are made because it's a big set piece battle right yeah. like mm-hmm. I won't um I disagree some a lot of people use the Man of Steel final fight with between Zod and Superman as an example I don't think so because I know the kind of filmmaker Zack Snyder is he wants to show sort of he wants reasons for people to not like Superman so Superman has to work his way out of that in later movies that will hopefully get made hashtag restore the Snyderverse um but <laughs> the hashtag second that hashtag second that um but when you sort of make those big spectacles, I'm sort of, what's what I'm looking for? I'm not drawn out of the movie. I am, I don't know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't talk on speak on this because I haven't seen it enough. Or I haven't seen enough of it. Um, I just think that when you have a big spectacle in a movie, a lot of times nowadays, it came out so long ago, right? It came out like 2005, 2006 or something. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, a lot of the times like the spectacle feels a little ham-fisted, especially in like a, like a B movie action you know, like a G.I. Joe movie or a, a Furious. Yeah. like it's just a hat on a hat for its own sake. So it's nice to hear that a movie that is so resonant is resonant even. And it hasn't. It has that spectacle, but it's not for its own sake mm. it's to hear. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So the final movie was my pick. This is a, This based is based on no, yet another book. Real animation. No I'm kidding. Okay. Whoa, whoa! Them fight. I was, I was, I was, I was oh, drop yes. a bitch, please. I'm sorry. We need to throw up controversy if we want to get people
1: to listen to our podcast. Anyway, um, no,
0: don't say shit like that. Let's just talk about the scene in Rugrats where Chucky almost kills Dill with the peanut butter because he's got a peanut allergy, and they're both babies. We won't talk about that though. Uh, we'll talk about Batman Under the Red Hood, my favorite animated movie. I rewatched it like a week before I recommended it. Before I recommended the topic. I meant to rewatch it last night, but I totally forgot. I it's just I know it off like the back of my hand. It's what the Ben Affleck Batman movie was going to be if uh, Zack Snyder's uh, is to be. Was sued. it? Yeah, really? like yeah, like in yeah in Batman yeah. Superman, they showed that thing that was a rubber Robin suit and everything. Like yeah, but I didn't know if they were going
2: uh, going to do the under the red hood. But that's interesting.
0: Hmm. Like if like they, they were going to do something close to that, according to to Deb Snyder, Zack Snyder's wife, and oh okay, and i love it it is probably it is my singular favorite movies it is in my top five it's like in no particular order it's uh the godfather part one the godfather part two shawshank redemption uh batman under the red hood and um uh, avengers endgame probably like oh, wait a minute the
2: dark knight isn't in your top five no oh my god you know Shocking. Although I feel like maybe we've
0: discussed it before and I
2: just don't remember. But yeah.
0: But uh, when I when I watch was the reason I recommend it is because not only is it like so highly rated, not only is it a, a well-animated movie, but like nothing has hit that same emotional high, right? Mm-hmm. Of like it's it's a dark movie and it's anim- it's traditional American animation, right? Which is very rare. It's
1: refreshing to see
0: like god it's great and mark hamill and kevin conroy aren't even in it Like bruce greenwood is great he's great in it so is jensen ackles um so is uh uh john john dimaggio as the joker uh, uh neil patrick harris as nightwing it's it's a great movie and it's like the scenes throughout it, how they interspersed like robin like jason todd's early years as robin and his late years as robin the way they they sort of weave together sort of that, the meta narrative about like um, Black Mask and Red Hood sort of fighting. And I love how Black Mask has that sort of moment near the climax of the movie, uh, maybe about an hour or, four, or 50 minutes in, where he basically says, don't you understand, he's talking to like one of his lieutenants, Batman. this Batman and this guy in red are fighting and we're stuck in the crosshairs. Like a scene like that would be perfect in a Zack Snyder movie. And Mm -hmm. I watched it. I watched this movie. It is my, it is right up there with the extended editions of the Lord of the Rings movies for my rainy day movies. Like it's, it's, it is one of my favorites. I can't
2: say I quite like it that much. Like as much as you
0: Matt, this has been fun. We're no longer friends. (laughs) the podcast I would, I would. <laughs> um
2: i like it i wouldn't put it in my top five movies um i lo- first of all i do love the climax the climax is awesome with joker and and uh you know uh jason and and batman um the the, the, the i guess i've never really been floored by the transition, by but by the the comic to screen transition of a lot of these DC animated movies based on comic books, I never feel it quite. It, it, the animation doesn't doesn't have the same effect on me as, or, or it doesn't appeal to me to the same extent as the art in the original book does now it's not it's not quite like the, the worst example of this is the killing joke uh that movie the 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 animation style and it really did not do justice to brian bollum's um work um and it, it's interesting because you know we were t- we, you know we we originally talked about two anime movies i find that you know for a lot of these animes and you can do that for dragon ball um really, really anything they're the animators are actually very good at capturing the style of the manga Sometimes they can even, in my opinion, improve it. I think the first three seasons of Attack on Titan look better on screen mm-hmm. than those corresponding chapters do in the book. Um, but I've never really felt, and maybe maybe this is intentional, perhaps the people doing the films don't want to replicate the art style. Um, but, but because of that, I just sometimes lose a bit of the connection to the story. Um, and I... I know John, John DiMaggio is good as the Joker, but he's going to be behind, always be behind Mark Hamill and Troy Baker for me. But, um, the story is awesome. And, and certainly, um, uh, the, um, I, I think they do justice to the story. Again, it's not like the killing joke where we're adding things, um, that really don't make any sense. Um, so, so it's, it's good. Um, I liked it. I would definitely go back and rewatch it. Um, but it's not one of my top
1: five movies. So, uh, so i just want to piggy- piggyback off something matt said quickly and um about, regarding art style and that is something i think that marvel uh, no, Marvel, that is something that i think that dc has done or warner brothers animation has done in the i think starting in the early to mid 2000s they were going to the source material uh of batman and superman the the book batman superman and transplanting some of their stories onto screen in this in a similar or if not the same style as as the that is it was originally published. And so we got stories where Supergirl first comes out and it was done in uh, Michael Turner's style or and the animation was uh, what if uh, Michael Turner's artwork was animated? Um, you know RIP um, so They did the same with the Shazam introduction and they did the Ed McGinnis art style animated. I think they did it with a couple of others, but like like you had just mentioned, Killing Joke wasn't done in Boland style, and I think that's one of the reasons the movie suffered was because aside from terrible plot choices. Um, but yeah, that was. I, I think that this movie didn't have enough of that. They should have. Um, they should have gone to that original story uh, and really highlighted that that artwork a bit more. Go ahead, Sam. Just to
0: push back. You know, like, the, the original Under the Red Hood storyline came out in the mid to late 90s. Who was oh, the original the artist, artist, artist for that? I cannot remember off the oh, top of my oh, head. I, um... But my, my point is, the 90s overall, and that comic as well, of course, but the 90s overall, on top of that, comics were dark, right? Like, was that in the 90s? Sam here, we realized later I was referring to the Death in the Family storyline where Jason Todd dies. Yes, the I believe the the original issues, these the, the arc came out in the nineties, if I remember correctly. But it must have been the late late 90s, though. though. No,
2: it actually came out in 2011. I'm That's what I thought. It not the and the non- the uh the illustrator was um I, I never know how to pronounce the the name. Beaks? Doug
1: Mankey. Doug Mankey, is that am I pronouncing it correctly? Doug Monkey, yeah. Monkey, Doug yeah. Monkey, okay. there's no way that they still have not animated anything in his style and they absolutely should
0: no the movie didn't No, the movie the movie the movie came out in 2011 i'm talking about the comic it's based on
2: oh yeah my bad um but well no but the 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 illustrator was dug because originally published 2000 september 2000 yeah that's weird um okay let me double check uh, oh, okay. No, Sam, I think yeah. you're wrong. It was 2004 oh. to 2006. My bad. I guess maybe the, okay. the, the latest oh, edition. Okay. was 2011. You're right. 2004 to 2006, Yeah. But I'll Doug be. Mankey was the author, was the was okay. the illustrator. I'll say I'll, I'll start from scratch.
0: So when, when it comes to adapting like comic to screen, something is gonna get lost, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's anime or manga or whatever. Of course. I think you know I like, can make the tour argument, you want to make it your own, blah, blah, blah. I think that when it comes to when it comes to a Batman comic specifically getting adapted, right? We were just talking about the Long Halloween last week, you know, in last week's episode. I actually um, do like the style that they're that they've animated that in. That actually looks like I'm going to like the style. Yeah, yeah. like the style of the Long Halloween comic is is much different, but they yeah. they're adapting in a certain way. Yeah, you I know, mean, when God, they did when they did Gotham by Gaslight, when they did Superman Red Sun, um, a, a great example of this is Justice League New Frontier right? It is this comic yeah. that is not at all rooted, in, it is not based, or it is not written then, but it is based in sort of Silver Age nostalgia, right? The 50s, 60s, and 70s, that sort of, it was the peak when, like, I think, like, some some ridiculous number of characters were introduced in that era, like Green Lantern, Green, like Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, um, Batman wow. as, yeah. the Batman, or, like, Barry Allen, The Flash, um, sort of these, like, newer the newer incarnations of superman and batman which would inspire an entire generation of Mm -hmm. like only now are artists and writers coming up to batman and superman that weren't inspired by those things and are more inspired by like those darker 80s and 90s comics and so there are certain strengths to adapting comics closely i haven't read the original run to the red hood comic in years i'll freely admit that i think when you adapt a comic to screen to, to animation specifically but screen on a, on a larger scale, something's gonna get lost. And because that, they streamlined the story. They yeah. really made it about, what the great thing I always loved about that iteration of Jason Todd. Now in the comics, he is sort of, he was more of an anti, more he was more of an anti-hero at one point. Started in E52, then he became an anti-hero again. Then he was an anti-villain for a little bit, and now he's an anti-hero again and like a mercenary in the events of like um, Infinite Frontier um, and Future State. Uh, what I loved about that iteration of Jason Todd is, in the comic, is that saving Gotham is number one, revenge on the Joker is number two, and but that is equal neck and neck with, I need to teach Bruce a lesson. And I love that the, and the movie was able to keep that through line beautifully, right? Like if yeah, you had yeah. never read that comic
1: and uh, uh, yeah.
0: even with all those flashbacks in mind, maybe you start thinking along the same lines that maybe Jason Todd is the red hood, but not until that reveal at the event, the sort of the climax of the movie and Alfred drops the tea tray and all that. And it's revealed. Does it really like sort of come full, full circle and, uh, it's, it really shocks you and it sort of, it makes your pulse pound. And I don't know. I, I've, I think when it comes to American animation and American comics and sort of translating the, for, the latter to the former, you, you can risk losing that because unlike when you were talking about Attack on Titan with the, the anime looking like a lot better than the manga in early seasons. Yeah. It the through line of American comics and American animation or American comics, the fruit line is the story. I can push mm-hmm. through a good I can push through a comic if the story's great and the art sucks. Right? Yeah. Or the yeah. art is really not my cup of tea. Um with an American with anim- with something American animated, if the story's bad if the story's bad and the animation's good, I can still watch it. But if the store but if like you can very much tell when you're watching Under the Red Hood that they want to make it look as good as possible. Story be damned. The story just ended up mm. being awesome. And their their screenplay of the story ended up being awesome. I can only really speak to, like, that when I watch that movie, I feel like I'm I'm immersed in a comic book story, but I'm not, like, reading a comic book. And a lot yeah. of, like, I mm. mean the comics we've talked about, other than that, that have had very, like, almost panel for panel, shot for shot adaptations to animation, it feels a little too much like I'm watching a comic with voice actors behind it. I yeah. like the New Frontier movie, but that's one of the reasons I don't love it. So it's just pulled, like, why am I gonna watch this when I can just watch the New Frontier and spend that much, and I can spend more time reading New Frontier than the movie is in its sort of its, its length.
1: Yeah, and to piggyback off what you said about how uh, the story needs that presence, in a lot of these American animations, I will say that that's probably the movie's biggest strength for me is that it is a Batman story where Bruce has to uh, reckon with a huge mistake he made, and that I think is it's a it's a much different Batman story because he's he actually has to actively deal with this consequence rather than simply grieve it, which uh, a lot of Batman. I feel a lot of Batman stories are about grieving and processing grief. This one, he actually has to be held accountable for getting this teenager killed by his arch nemesis. And I think that is I think regardless of the animation style, that if they as long as they were able to hold that emotional story arc, I think it would. Uh, it would have been, a, it it would be a successful movie regardless. So oh yeah, no, I'm is... not
2: saying it's, I'm it's definitely a success and I definitely liked it. Yeah. I just think there were a couple of ways that, and again, the art style can be very subjective because I don't know, is my problem really that they changed it or just that they changed it to an art
1: style that I didn't particularly care as much for? I mean, I, I think it's American, yeah, but American, American animation has that issue of, and I think it also has to do with the audience. Again, fan expectations, going back to that always, and uh, always, in that they can't be as bold as a lot of anime gets to be because in anime, they're expecting, the audience I think expects the craziest shit possible. Whereas um, in American animation, they want things to make sense. Like the things, if Batman doesn't look like Batman, then why the hell is he even there? They yeah. they need they need those sort of Michael Bayisms in the story and in the visual presentation of it, which is why maybe you can't get um art, one of my favorite artists, uh, Jock, I would love right. to see a Batman story done in his style or animated in his style or Sean Gordon Murphy, but they don't have that sort of ability to do that grittiness. Yeah. If they could, it, I think it would be un, insanely amazing. Yeah. Like
0: the one of the things I loved about it. I, I still love about it is that you, the holding to account is what i'm jumping off of what you just said Kai, because you know people love to bag on superman it's easy to bag on him oh he's so good at everything that's why it's good because it's about mm-hmm. him over it's about the fact that he is the most human of all of, the, of every superhero ever even though he's not
1: right that's he the, shows restraint
0: he shows the restraint right if he wanted to he could punch he could punch the moon through jupiter's core he could. He does <laughs> story, right? Um, you know a little bit of what the Utopian is saying in Jupiter's Legacy. Haven't watched it, or I tried to watch it, couldn't get through it. We'll,
1: well get he, to that next week, fans. You
0: know, next week. Um, but when it comes to Batman, he he does. He's rolling in child soldiers, right? He's going into his war, and like the only time I've ever seen him talk about his own. Sidekicks in that way is in like I think the the season finale or episode two, or the second to last episode of uh, Young Justice season one, right? He talks about like, oh, you brought Wonder Woman is like giving him shit because they're talking about who deserves to be in the who deserves to be brought into the Justice League. Who do we trust? And Wonder Woman's like, how, and and what about you? You brought in Robin when he was at the ripe old age of nine, right? And why you're just gonna turn him into a Batman? And, she, and he says, and she says, you're just gonna turn him into another you? And she's like, no, I did it because I had to because he's so oh he won't. And him being held to account as the originator of the violent vigilante superhero, the originator of that trope before Wolverine, before the Punisher, before um, the Winter Soldier, before uh, you know Green Arrow, it was Batman. He was fighting guys on the streets when Superman was fighting off Nazi aliens from the moon. Right, it was him, and there's, uh, that's where the story comes in. And I think, like, bringing it down to Earth, it was a very, there's explosions and stuff, and Amazo is there. But there is not a single person in that entire movie with superpowers. No Superman flying in for a fucking, like, little bit of time. Even, like, this is my big gripe with, like, The Dark Knight Returns. Right? It's still, it ends up, what could be a great story ends up being too superpowered and, like, high-octane. And it's, like, it's it's just, it's you've got those, like, really intimate, quiet moments at the end, and Sort of when they're talking about Jason and, um, you know, when Neil O'Neil Neil, Neil. <laughs> when Nightwing is there, Neil Patrick Harris, when Nightwing's around. I mean, and this, can- this great, this great scene, my probably my favorite scene in the movie. Uh, sorry, my second favorite scene. My favorite scene in the movie is when uh, Jason has his uh, a gun to Joker's head and Batman's there and he throws the batarang and they're having that confrontation and Joker's just there, but he's not even involved really. My second favorite scene is like this quiet sort of, it perfectly encapsulates the relationship between Razal and Batman. When he goes to him and says, how could you do this? How dare you do this to my son? And he's like, I know, I'm sorry. And I'll never put get in your way ever again. And I haven't I also- since then. And he hadn't. And I, figured- I,
2: I also like, uh, I think another um, element of the movie that, that I really like is you really get to see how different the joker is from the other villains like like you've got he turns right on black mask and is going to set him on fire and blow him up he takes he takes you know the mission that he's been given by raz al ghul you know and goes and does his own thing where he's beating robin with, with with the crowbar and you see that like even the villains are like this guy is not really somebody we should be in business with at all. My favorite scene is probably where like black mask is talking to the Joker after he's gotten him out of Arkham and Joker's just sitting there eating chips, uh, gets water. And then just like, he smashes the glass and then he he ends up shooting like everybody else. Uh, and you're like, damn, this guy's like, this guy's like really, you know, out of his mind to an extent that the other, the other villains are not. A recent
0: arc in Batman comics, um, sort of encapsulated that. Um, Three oh. Jokers? No, oh, if it's three Jokers. Sure. Anything. no, 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 it wasn't Three Jokers, it wasn't Three Joker Jokers. Joker War? It, it, no, it, well, actually, yeah, it was, it was the lead up to the Joker War, where it's revealed that, like, Joker, Catwoman, Penguin, and the Riddler had all been invited by this, like, international super criminal to go and do this thing and be recruited to... Uh, I have those two super criminals, like, I have a plan for bringing Gotham to its knees and removing the Batman. The three of them are all, like, perfect. They all go in, and with this super criminal, I can't remember his name, they all work together and they work out their plans, how they're going to do it. Catwoman's going to run some great heist. The Riddler's going to control City Hall um, and uh, you know, be able to get his greatest riddle of all time. Um, and the Penguin's going to be, be able to control um, the mayor's office and... No, sorry. Riddler controls the cops. Uh, Penguin controls City Hall, the mayor's office, and the criminal underworld. And Joker just gets what he wants, whatever that is. But then it's revealed the reason none of these plans worked out for the three of them is because in that moment the the Joker killed that guy years before all this, because like he's thinking on some other level. I've seen a few people suggest that maybe the Joker knows he's a comic book character, and
2: that's why. Yeah, I've seen that too. So perhaps when I classified him as out of his mind, it's not correct because he might be actually. Uh, the most very, sane. Yeah. yeah um but but you see just how he, the way his his mind works is very different from the way the other criminals
1: yeah. uh so i have two questions for you guys one has there been a joker story where it's just villains discussing the joker cuz i would love to read gotham's villains or hell even a, a whole there was interview you know like you know what there was an
0: episode of batman the animated series where the poker game the poker game Love Joker, the poker game. Joker wasn't actually there, if I recall correctly. Like no, he I, was.
1: Penguin, he was. Croc was uh, okay. A spoiler Croc alert for a two-decade-old episode of, of a Batman cartoon. Um, Longer. Croc turns out to be Batman in disguise. He's like I hit him with a rock. It was a big rock. Uh, the, that was one of the greatest lines of all Batman. Mountain Joker um, was there, but I think they've. Joker was there and he was cheating throughout the entire game.
0: I think there was this, there was a, there was some stuff in the in the more in like the lead up to Joker War and Joker War itself where they do get yeah. talking about the Joker. Like uh, Harley has an there's there's I think there's like half of an entire issue where a whole most of one issue of Batman is Harley talking to Bruce who is unconscious while she's fighting off Punchline who is Joker's new beau and she's like mm-hmm. an anarchist who thinks that the Joker is like some prophet and like of the one of the 99%, right? And he ends up being insane and tries to murder her, obviously, um, because he's the Joker. And um, she's like talking to him, who's not responding because he's unconscious and going through some crazy fear talks and shit, and uh, punchline. And she is talking about him in that that sort of very meta way, where she is, not meta, but she's talking about him very honestly. And like, it took me years before. And I had, I left him twice and had my own arc before I ever, my own character arc and I went back to him both times and only recently did I actually shake him off and find my own best girl in Ivy.
1: Yeah, and that's, I think that's like, Harley has her own whole thing with the Joker and I love her character progression, Uh, but I'm talking about like, I would love to read, I would gladly read a comic where a documentary filmmaker just goes around asking other villains about, uh, about the Joker and be like, Do you cho- have you ever teamed up with him? What what worked and what didn't? And just have them talking about the Joker and actually seeing it from the other villains point of view. I thought, I think that would be awesome to see in. And I think, oh, and that, that was the other question I had about this movie. I can't remember it because I haven't seen it in a while. Was Joker dressed like an Arab while he beat, uh, while he beat Todd to death with a crowbar this time? Okay, because in the original he was. The, super, the
0: comic, the, the super. I'm sure there's a there's a whole supervillain biography slash documentary complex, like industrial complex, like I'd love like, to people love who love just, mean, there's like there's like uh there's probably like some Woodward or Bernstein type character who like just interviews people. He doesn't. He is not doing this to accuse or try to imprison. He just wants to put. He just wants people to know. He wants the, yeah to. He's just asking questions and and not. He's like in an actual way, not like in a, a douchey Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson kind of way.
1: Like speaking of, doesn't it, don't don't bring him into this. He's not even a real reporter. not he's not a journalist. Not strike of, that from the record. Speaking of her. Joker, was there like uh an, an issue or a scene in something where like the scarecrow tried to use his fear toxin on Joker, but it just like it didn't work? Yeah, of, yeah, I'm pretty sure Joker's brain chemistry is so maligned that there's no way fear toxin or any chemical really yeah. aside from a tranquilizer could work on him. Yeah.
0: Batman Blue, Batman finally actually or left him to be blown up like in the end like joke but he actually but he ended up surviving yeah like not yeah. man yeah. in, the, in like the the climax of joker war he leaves him he can take harley or him and harley's like no fucking kill him and he scoops up harley and walks out but he doesn't like let him unlock even but uh, he doesn't help him but um you know it had been acknowledged that there are tools inside of the suit that would let him out and then they basically say like in a news report like empty handcuffs were found with the joker should have bought- joker's body was expected to be found um so like he got away um Nurse. that man left him to die and even then he still made it out all right please like and subscribe the pot to the podcast review us five stars or you know we f- we'll go we'll go three and a half as a minimum
1: no no five or not of uh, five or get the hell know, out five <laughs> I'm not gonna keep
0: Making new Apple ID accounts and giving us five stars. I'm not doing that.
1: Oh, yeah. why, oh, why would oh, we yeah. ask for anything less than five? Five or get the hell out. That's the new. That's the new slogan. All
0: right. Uh, okay, we'll so back. five star reviews. Yeah.
1: yeah. we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, we'll cue, probably I, be talking about. Cue harmonica. Do we even know yet?
0: Q harmonic music.